0: What does motion sound like? With Hands free shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get
1: a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com/socks.
0: At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible.
2: you're making it worse. We're here, we're queer, who cares? I'm Elliot Glazer. And I'm Brent Sullivan. And I'm H. Allen Scott. Textual Textual healing. healing. This news is a few months old, and it kind of slipped under the radar at the time. But when it comes to the rightward push against trans rights, this one feels perhaps the most nefarious out of all the things we've discussed um uh all the all the uh, initiatives against trans rights over the last couple years and believe it or not this comes from a conservative community in a deeply in deeply blue california a few months ago a superior court judge blocked an order passed by the chino valley school district which is like i think like an hour and a half or so east of los angeles And the order mandated that school officials must notify parents if their child seeks to change their pronouns in school or use a bathroom assigned to a different gender. Uh, The California attorney general sued and the order has been put on hold so you don't have to lose sleep over it yet. Um, But I just thought it was so personal. So, I mean, such a wild Mm -hmm. overreach for any politician to mandate that school officials are te- are basically forcing, forcibly outing trans kids at school. I just, I was gobsmacked by this. What did you guys think?
3: Well, I mean, first off, I just want to clarify that they don't see it as outing. Um, they see it as protecting the children. <clears throat> so in terms of like the logic behind it, and I'm not saying there is much logic behind it because I don't right. agree with that logic at all. But their logic is that they are not protecting, they're not protecting, or they're not like hurting the kids sort of, you know, free speech or anything here because they're protecting the kids against this thing, this evil thing. So it's like, again, the kids, you know, the kids are in danger cry. Like that's really what Mm -hmm. it is.
0: I mean, it's just, it's an uneven playing field because it might, to me, it's like an uneven playing field because it's like, it's just a, it's a, As I always say with this stuff, it's a bizarre overreach in that whether or not they're pretending that it's for the right reason or not, they're just why I always just say, why do you care? Like, what is the end game with this? Why do you care? Why are you looking to be able to out or tattle or report on like belittle, demean? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's gross.
2: I mean, I I couldn't help but put myself in the shoes, uh, in these shoes, and think like you know, remember when. You know, 20, you know, 20 years ago for me, 30, 40 years ago for you guys, when we were in grade school (laughs) and like coming out, obviously it was like you came out to your friends first. Like, yeah, I think everyone, almost everyone does that, at least in, in my experience, the thought of like a friend telling a school official and then that person is now a mandated reporter that they have to they have to they would have to call your parents and say, Brent is gay. I mean imagine what that would have like the chilling but, effect that would have had on coming out 20 years ago.
3: I mean not even not even just telling your friends like you know there are so many kids I mean I was one of those kids that I had great relationships with teachers where I was able to be myself and like be open about who I was and like everything with teachers at school and you know the fact that a kid would have to go to school afraid to say something to a nurse or to a teacher that yeah, they like yeah, I mean right. but then that also puts you know queer a staff into a weird position because in their you know in their world that they should be a safe space for a lot of these kids and then this makes them essentially legally forced to go against even yeah. who they
0: are yeah it feels very floridian i, I mean it, it feels does, very it, ronda Santos and yeah. i really can't
2: believe it's in it's like i know ugh, i, I can't know believe
0: it's in chino chino valley chino that's valley called. You gotta,
2: well, you, But that's why you vote, and you got to vote local, because yes. local elections matter.
3: Very much so. The longest field goal
1: ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field
3: goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful
1: tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.
2: Not I even a
3: j- rare, I mean, because we don't do this often, to having repeat Very guests rarely. on this podcast. It's, and we've been doing this for, I was shocked to learn today that your last time here was four years ago. So welcome back, Brian Safi. Pre pandemic. Pre, That's was, right. Pre, so many different things. I mean, Trump was president. There wasn't a pandemic. Um, Oprah mm-hmm. had a different body. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. there were so and, many and Ellie, different.
2: Elliot was still unhinged, but yeah, yeah. Right. a lot. A lot yeah. of things have changed. And my ways. name some is the Barbara. Same.
1: Unreleased. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So welcome back, Brian. I'm so happy to be here. I am so sad to tell you guys that nothing on my end has changed <laughs> well that's not true that's it not is true stasis because personified
3: well that that might be in your life and we can talk about that with your therapist if you want but you do have a new podcast since you were here attitudes yes, which is I do. very exciting yes. so that's
1: new it's basically what throwing shade was but we changed the name so it's not yeah. terribly inventive <laughs> but yes but still
2: but still, <laughs> that's a big deal why it was does it change deal. the name
1: What was that about? (laughs) Well, we just sort of felt like the name had sort of expired past its date. Like we had it was just a sort of a new era. And it was in that era also of just feeling like, you know, the name throwing shade really isn't ours to use any longer. We're a little Mm. smarter, we're a little brighter. Like let's let's give that up and start afresh.
2: Nice. Yeah. I was so going to say, did. you definitely know that a phrase is like past its due when I start using it, and I just started using throwing shade. So, <laughs> so there you go. How do
3: you well, think, There you go. how, know yes, how you we're right, on, drawing drawing right shade. on time. Yeah.
2: Brent, how so do you Until you... next year, Brent's going to say, he's gonna talk about serving cunt. Oh, that's right, right. Elliot. No. Is all...
3: No. But Brent, how do you use throwing shade? I want to know that actually.
2: I, I think objectively I think I've used it like once with Elliot and it yeah. was like in relation to someone younger making fun of me. I think that was the oh. only thing it was. Okay. <laughs> that That's was fair. Was. Okay.
3: Yeah, so, right. wait, Brian, so where did the name
1: Attitude like why Attitude? So there was a talk there was a talk show in the like 90s. I didn't see it while it was on on Lifetime hosted by Deirdre Hall who was like a soap star. Mm-hmm. And Someone else, and okay. they would sort of, they would do the most, the smallest things, but they would act like they were the highest stakes. They were like, "Oh my god!" And today I'm changing my nail color, and they would like scream, and the audience <laughs> would just like watch them get manicures.
2: It was <laughs> <What>? so boring.
0: <laughs> Wait, wow. was this in the
1: era of intimate portrait lifetime? Yes.
3: Okay, that's a good this era.
0: Also, in the in 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 the era of, I I think. Alan, you you might remember there was a talk show that Mm. never took off. That was like two ladies who were like best friends, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and they were the moms. The moms. The moms. There was also Queens.
3: Yes. Oh, I don't know about Queens, but this was and it became a sitcom too. The the talk show, like they also had an ABC. I think it was ABC sitcom. Oh, it was like a blonde woman and a brunette woman. They were like stand up comics, moms doing mom material, and they had a talk show too. In addition to the sitcom, yes, love their talk show. But what was the
1: Queens one? queens was two women the mom from my so-called life and another yeah and someone else and they shot in queens but double entendre because they were you know calling themselves queens too which by the way of course could you ever imagine the mother from my so-called life calling herself a queen (laughs) a queen no (laughs) no no (laughs) it defies logic
2: I, but by the way I I love how on this podcast we break down eras on Lifetime TV that, that we are able to that we are able to really dive into broad strokes of Lifetime the history of Lifetime
1: yeah. <laughs> so we essentially stole the title from that talk show and
2: it's very
0: it n- it's very 90s talk show attitude it's very much in that that's the right realm to choose from yeah exactly yeah.
1: yes and so we felt I mean, sort of competent in that choice and and also confident that Probably no one would pick up on the fact that, you know, it was stolen from a talk show that lasted yeah. ten episodes. yeah,
2: yeah, 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 that's yeah. A, safe to assume. yeah. well, and <laughs> yeah. you and
1: Aaron,
3: I mean, your co-host Aaron Gibson, fantastic. You're both fantastic together. So funny. Like, thank you what What are some of the things that you're, I mean, because the whole thing is you kind of like just sort of bitch, yeah, <laughs> like,
1: I mean we take... so what are you bitching about these days? Yeah. so um, we take. Well, at the beginning, I sort I just went to visit my sister in Florida, and uh-huh. um, the thing that drove me crazy recently was there was a shirt that had like 10 rules for dating my daughter, and it was like, one, you look at her weird, I kick your ass, but the last one was, I, number 10, I do to you um, what you do to her, Ooh. <sighs> which to me Ooh. was like Yikes. a very closeted sort of. We were all leading to like, I want to fuck my daughter's boyfriend. <laughs> <I'm afraid>. um, <laughs> you eat her out, I eat you out, you know, like that sort of thing. And okay. <laughs> so that is one thing. But then we also take issues that are affecting <laughs> queer people, and and you know, we talk about issues of gender and just sort of treat them with very little respect in a way that like we make fun of the assholes who are causing these things, but also we yeah. we just completely bitch about t-shirts we saw to. The pace of My yeah. Name is Barbara to, I, I know I keep talking about that to any, honestly, yeah. anything. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Hey, Alan,
0: did you read My Name is? That's the book, right? Her autobiography. Yeah. I'm
1: reading it now. Yes,
3: I'm reading it now. I'm about I mean, halfway I've been... through uh, the audiobook, which means <laughs> oh, <no>. I'm 26 <laughs> hours in of a 48 yes. hour. Yes. No, I'm halfway through as well, but I'm actually reading the book because I'm like it doesn't for some reason my like the I got the audible book too, but it doesn't sync up with my actual Kindle book, which really frustrates me. So uh, I've just been reading the book. Yeah, that's we're fair.
2: talking about Barbara Bush right now. Is that it? We are. <laughs> it's Barbara Bush.
1: We are the daughters, the daughter Barbara, Laura's daughter, not the not the first lady, the daughter that's who wrote it, a 952-page memoir. I can't
0: imagine, I cannot imagine. We've had a comedian on this podcast named Babs Gray, whose real name is oh, Barbara. sure. She goes by Babs. She's so funny.
1: So funny. I, She's great. I She's just amazing. can't imagine
0: being go, going, going by a Barbara, like, yeah. as somebody under 50, 50 you know, maybe, maybe it's just, I can't well, imagine, like, can, a little baby no, Barbara. I
3: mm-hmm. can, like, I can imagine a Barbara, but not a Barbara under 50. Sure. Uh-huh. Barbara. Yeah, Barbara. Yeah, Barbara.
2: Yeah, but I don't think anyone says Barbara, right? Oh, Barbara, Barbara, Barbara.
1: And yet- Barbara. Uh, We look at Hannah and we say Barbara. Why didn't we ever call it (laughs) Hannah Barbara?
2: That's a very fair point.
1: (laughs) It's like the Caribbean, (laughs) Caribbean thing.
0: (laughs) Uh, That's very very true. Speaking of this, like you, Brian, you and Alan are both reading Barbara's Barbara Streisand's autobiography. Mm -hmm. I'm not, and Brent certainly, it's certainly not even on his radar. No, right. I am very much like. Down the middle with Barbara. I've never Same. been like, super. Oh, okay, so what what compelled you to read the book? Because I, again, I have nothing but respect, but I just never had an interest per se. And
1: I think it yeah. was the press tour um, that she did for this book, and the fact that it was almost a thousand pages. Like, oh, that is so <laughs> wild to me. I mean, that's literally, literally so longer indulgent. than Ben Hur, right? <laughs> And the novel. And um, I I don't know, I just couldn't believe what she was talking about. And the truth is, she's really not. I mean, when she's talking about the work, it's interesting, but when she's not, it's at its most interesting. Like she'll it's literally like sitting at the kitchen table with your grandmother, and she's like, I got this mustard dish at this place, right. and the person right. was wearing and it this, cost and me I was four wearing dollars this. and twelve
2: cents, and then <laughs> exactly. and they forgot to give me a receipt. So I went yep. back and I said, can I please have a receipt?' And they said, Sure like that yeah 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 no for real and (laughs) then
1: just also the sort of the ego involved with it she's like it turns out if you like she talks about mustard dishes a lot but she's like if you like which is literally a dish you serve mustard in. i've never heard of it but she was like if you're at a hotel and you like their mustard dish or something else that they're serving something on all you have to say is can i have it and they say yes (laughs) and i'm like yeah sure (laughs) all
2: you have to say all barbara streisand has to do is that is okay wait can i tell you I the only Barbra Streisand song I know mm-hmm. is the duet she did with Vince Gill in like 2004. <laughs> Honestly, and I was loved,
1: expecting I lo- 50 other names to roll out of your mouth.
2: <laughs> I know. Yeah, I was expecting Celine Dion. Celine Dion. I was <laughs> expecting Judy
1: Garland.
3: Yeah. I was expecting
2: <laughs> something. <laughs> yes, that's the. <laughs> and I, I honestly, I, I think I knew that she was big, but I don't think I knew she was as legendary. Right. And so I remember thinking like, I, like, I just, I was like, oh, yeah, she, you know, Barbara Streisand, she does duets with like country singers all the time.
0: <laughs>
2: That's incredible. Uh, anyway. But like, you were like neutral on her growing up. You weren't like particularly- No,
1: I I had seen What's Up, Doc. And I had seen, um, I think I had seen Funny Girl. I think I had seen Funny Girl, but she wasn't, certainly I never idolized her or anything. But then I saw her giving- someone asked like what they should give their mother for a birthday present. And she said, get them one of those frozen yogurt machines. Like she's so out of touch that like right. the idea that I would spend $48,000 and get my mom like a three sixteen handles, <laughs> like is so wild to me. And then the other, the thing about her basement that she has this basement, that's a wall yeah, that. of all her old stuff. And I was sort of like, you know, I'm curious. I, I wanna know how yeah. that person came from. And it turns out she, her story is interesting, but I will say this. I um have not sought out her work anymore because of this book like I haven't watched um I don't I'll tell know, you what
3: like... you need to watch. I'll tell you what you need oh, to perfect. watch. Oh perfect. Okay, great. Actually. Please. I there I'll tell you the moment I became obsessed with Barbara Streisand and it wasn't I wish you necessarily funny girl or any other like the gay tropes. I mean all this this is pretty gay the reason why I fell in love with her. But I was obsessed with like movies as a kid and like I had a subscription to Premiere magazine and I was obsessed with like every month getting Premiere and just like reading through Entertainment Weekly and all that shit. Right. And Premiere and Entertainment Weekly both had an ongoing feature from some snarky homosexual, I bet, talking about the drama on the set of The Mirror has two faces. And it went on for like a year of like right. people just reporting on this drama and the extensions and all the problems and all of the things. And so I became super excited to see this movie because I was like, oh my God, there's so much drama with it. Then it comes out and I'm like, this is delightful. This is enjoyable. This mm-hmm. is a fantastic <laughs> film. I fully relate to this character. What's wrong with people? And that's when I fell in love with Barbara Streisand. Okay, but I will see it. That's the one with Lauren Bacall, right? Oh my God, yes, that is yeah. the one. Capital T H E one with Lauren Bacall. Yes, Yes, I remember she won like a lot of awards for it. Is Barbara in it? Barbara (laughs) plays the Ugly (laughs) Duckling. She goes from ugly to pretty. She is the mirror that has two faces. Elliot. (laughs) Oh, is it like it's like um a, a makeover story? Yes, there's a whole, there's one of my favorite, like, you know how the Muppets show um, the transfer of time by like moving objects and stuff? You know what I mean? Like they're traveling or whatever. She does exactly that in the film by just like, she's sitting at the gym doing the whole like leg crunch thing while eating a celery stick. And she's like at Mm. the salon getting her hair dyed and everything while eating a carrot. Like it all is implying that she's going through this like physical journey of beauty and physicality. And then at Mm. the end, when you have to understand the story, but whatever, Jeff Bridges comes back from a trip and they've, they've been mm. married, but like it's sec- what it's, it's crazy. Okay. Anyway, she comes back and then there's this slow pan from her feet, from her feet <laughs> up slowly up and she has that black pencil skirt go- going on and up up her body, up her body till then she goes, well, where you been? Or whatever she says. I forget what she says, but she's just like, it like slowly moves up to her face. It is such a good moment. Brian, you need to watch it so that you can text me
1: as soon as you see that scene. By the way, I love the way you put that together of like the slow pan up and then you didn't know the line i don't know the line i
2: don't know the line, I don't know
1: the line. by the way i don't know beauty matters is that ultimately <laughs> <laughs> there is a really
3: funny recurring line in the film where jeff bridges says to all of the women that like leave him like can i call you and they all like from Elle mcpherson to 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 mimi rogers to barbara streisand mm-hmm. and they all respond when he says that question they go what for but but mm-hmm. of course Barbara can't do what for in a normal way so she goes What? For. Mm. Oh <sighs> boy. All right. <laughs> it's just
2: so good. I will watch <laughs> it. I mean Wait, I'm a fan. I, I'm a big fan. I also now. I also want to know Brian you do another podcast correct? Uh yeah. called Groceries? Yeah, oh, also with Aaron tell us a little bit about that because I could talk about the grocery store literally all the yeah,
1: same. Long. Yeah. Oh my god So that's where it stemmed from and we do like seasons each year We have a new season coming out next year. We do like 10 at a time usually uh-huh. But it stemmed from like our love of the grocery stores from like the carts to the specials I've done all this research <laughs> and I found out like you can go to Albertsons and say yeah. You can go on their Facebook page and they have a word of the day and the word of the day is always many words, but it's usually a product. So to be like, the word of the day is like uh, coconut water. And you just take a can of coconut water to the front and you walk out with it. You don't even pay. Oh,
2: wow. Oh, wow. Yeah.
1: All right. So oh, we have wow. all these tricks and hacks. And um, we talk about, also, I do like a homophobia rating depending on what kind of lube they sell there. And actually, <laughs> I think it was a Safeway. Someone who listened was like on the board of Safeway and was like, guys, we need to get better living in there instead of just like Astroglide trash. And they did. So that was that's exciting. So yeah. And then, of course, stunning. we talk a lot about grocery store fashion because for me, that, that's sort of an extension of your own home. Like everyone dresses like they're yeah. at home there, um, you know, just yeah, wily. It, it is, and one,
2: it is the, one of the most casual retail destinations you can go to. Completely. And
1: so I like seeing where what people think is appropriate. To you know, bring you know, into the aisles
2: to, in Los Angeles. You know, I when I when the guys and I lived in New York, I loved getting uh, feeling like a part of the community in New York because you could just walk around and just leaving your yeah. apartment, you felt like you were part of something. And obviously, everyone knows in Los Angeles, things are a little bit more isolated. And so I find that I get that sense of community from the grocery store in particular, right? And so I tr- I really try to relish my time there and uh when i go and it's like it really is absolutely one of my favorite places and i probably go like five times a week to to the grocery store
1: i love here. it and i love at the end when you get to watch all of what all the precious things you got
0: <laughs> yeah, walking
1: down the runway into <laughs> right? that bag i honestly I me with pride i love
0: it I, I need to know like of of i mean Because your sister's in Florida, I just immediately think of Publix. Yes. Which has such a beloved following. Very Um, beloved. They
1: they are in the sort of same family as like, not literally, but people hold that into as high regard as like, uh, Wegmans or H-E-B Wegmans, right. those are sort of the top three regional Wegmans stores that beloved. people what, what,
0: what is what is so great about Wegmans my parents are really into Wegmans they just opened yeah. in Brooklyn what is so great about Wegmans I'm curious
1: I went to the one in Virginia once um, a few years ago <clears throat> for this show um, on like Alexander Graham Bell Road and I have to tell you it's so stunning. It's so beautiful. <laughs> it's so nicely kept up. They have like toy train. It's one of those that has like gimmicks. You know what I mean? Oh
2: wow! But
1: that there and H E B and I think Publix have the absolute like the employees stay for like twenty years. Like they offer full benefits, oh, retirement. Wow. Like all like so that is another reason why people love it. So and they're they're one of the few stores that like when they get back to, like during the pandemic, Wegmans Wegmans and H E B like really gave back in big ways. So people like, they feel good shopping there is another thing.
2: Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, they gave back more than just like T-shirts with their logo on it. They actually like contributed to exactly like, like they had food yeah. pantries going and and stuff mm-hmm. like yeah, yeah.
3: I always loved. I mean, for me, I love a grocery store. I yeah. could spend so much time in a grocery Same. store. But for me, there is nothing better. No matter how old I get, really. There and there's a scene in the Jeff Brooks movie Mother where they do this as well. When you go back to your parents' house, wherever you're from, wherever your parents are living, and They need to go to the grocery store because you're there and you go with them. And there's just such, uh, there is not a more freeing. It is like, I won the lottery because I can walk through that fucking grocery store and be like, yes, I want the family size cheeses. I'm going to be here for three days and I need That family sized cheese. <laughs> and they're paying, right? It's... And that's the fun part. And they're
1: paying.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. They're yeah. paying. Which it is. I have just... to say, it
1: is. I love that experience too. It is always a little embarrassing at the end when they pay because it's just like adult son not contributing one cent <laughs> to this grocery bill. Like they don't know if like she's putting food in my fridge or, you know what I mean? Like it's so embarrassing, <laughs> but I do love it.
2: I, it's I, so much fun. Let me ask you, Brian, what is like, has there, has there been a recent type of food that you've been like diving back into and i i will tell you before before you go what it is for me i've been diving back into fruit snacks recently like a Welch's, and like a welch's a trader joe's has like some fruit jellies i bought gushers uh three months ago and that was really like a really fun novelty is like when you go to the grocery store do you like treat yourself every time with just one thing new Yeah, um,
1: lately it's been, it has been, I didn't even think I liked these when I was young, but I've gotten into Cool Ranch a little bit. Oh, of course. And that was not anything that, I think we were always like an OG Doritos household. Sure. uh, The nacho cheese, but, (laughs) um, but I'm sort of, yeah, I, every now and then we'll dip into a Cool Ranch and, uh. (sighs) I don't know. I mean, aren't we all just seeking safety right now? I feel like I feel like right. I am more nostalgic about food. Listen, I'll fuck with the snack wells. They're just harder to find. I oh, mean, because really, yeah. my that youth exists? was just yeah. diet food. I don't yeah. know. I can't remember. Do you think I wonder if it does? I wonder if it You're, does. You've totally got
0: you've got like Olestra chips, snack wells. <laughs> <Yeah>. You got
1: <laughs> I'm on the <laughs> toilet all day long.
0: <laughs> Wait, how do you feel
3: about holiday snacks? Because I, even just right here, I have my Milano holiday. Um, peppermint oh, love ones pepperidge i have farm. my my little my little chocolate peppermint bark chocolate we were, we situation were
2: a pepperidge farm household yeah i exactly. we we
3: love we. a
1: mint milano we love a mint milano i love a trader oh. ho-ho is that what they, I they call? That's what they call them right the candy cane oreos
2: oh sure yeah 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 love those. yeah the trader joe's oreos with like a peppermint candy cane uh, flavor exactly yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah except
1: they call it a ho-ho Yeah,
2: yeah, which is a little bizarre. Um, Yeah. Also, I'm I'm waiting for Trader Joe's to drop the gimmick, um, uh, where if they make like a Mexican dish, they call it Trader Jose's, and you're like, guys, guys, I actually believe that's still happening there. Yeah. Trader Joe's, I guess the least offensive of all of them, but uh, yes, yeah, I'm like, guys, just just cut that out. There's going to be a campaign eventually. Just cut it out right now,
1: especially from. From them, But I don't know. I'm convinced I know. that the water that those employees fill their water bottles with is like filled with lithium or something because they really are the most chilled, relaxed. Like maybe they're yeah. just so relaxed and chilled out there that they're not aware of it.
3: I met but yeah. I met a I was I was I, I sometimes work at um, this party in L.A. called Hot Dog. And I met oh, yeah, a sure. young. Yes, I uh, a young homosexual. I was in drag and like mm-hmm. the door thing. And I met a young homosexual. He's 24, 25 years old recently divorced like i have never met someone like that young homosexual oh, divorced before from a and, man no, from a man from okay. a man Wow! yeah and and so but he i was like oh okay well what are you doing he's like i work at trader joe's now i moved up he moved from orange county or something i moved up here and i now work at
1: trader joe's and i love it and he was like yeah. raving about they love it about trader joe's and i was I, just like, like that's the only place i've ever gotten a crush like on a on like a <sighs> Like i've crushed on a couple of those guys before yeah i was i I, crushed on them they make it feel so personal yes yes yes
3: Yes. yeah but then but then I, i made a joke to him telling him that this is like like trader joe's is like his hope floats moment you know what i mean like he's up here starting his life again with trader joe's and he no idea no yeah, idea. Well, <laughs> no well by idea.
2: the way in his defense alan i also have no idea but i <laughs> sure. smiled and laughed and played along <laughs> sandy b at her middleist. <laughs> oh definitely. Yes. i mean yeah.
3: with i just uh, such a good movie Who's in? You know, i don't remember jr. it that well it Was harry, harry connick jr right harry connick jr and um uh, oh god blonde she's an older actress oh god she's incredible what's her name oh i'm gonna i'm gonna find out y'all to keep talking but it was an I incredible think, movie i
2: think my dear friend and regular listener of this podcast betsy white I believe that, Jenna she, uh, that oh, she had a fabulous. the soundtrack to Hope Float. So I think I know the soundtrack.
1: Nice. Oh, the soundtrack yeah. is good. The,
2: yeah, there's yeah, a Garth, yeah, Garth Brooks
0: a song. song. Like Barbara Streisand and Vince Gill. <laughs> oh, wow. <song. laughs> but there's a Garth there's Brooks that's song the only on The only song you know
1: is the one that they sing together.
0: <laughs> well, you need to know. That's Brent's, music. Brent, Brent has a very distinct library of music that, I mean, to me, it's like, oh, it makes sense why he has one Barbara Streisand song. And it's, of course, it's with Vince Gill. I love the rest it. of his, I mean, I don't want to speak for Brent, but we know the listeners of this sh- this sh- podcast know that his iPad, iPod, iPod Nano. Yep. Sh- it mm-hmm. got like St- Raffy and, uh, Mamas, <laughs> and uh, Mamas and the Papas.
2: and <laughs> Peter, Paul, and Mary. Yeah, Peter yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but sure. also sometimes rap, you know. Uh, <laughs> Something for everybody. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. <laughs> now, you also... The-
0: Oh, go ahead, Elliot. I wanted to ask you about your show that you're doing um, here in L.A. at the Elysian uh, called No Autographs, Please. Right. Uh, Tell us a little bit about that show.
1: Yeah, so it was really a show. I really wanted to do this one not for the autograph hounds because they come to all my shows, you know? (laughs) So this one was really for the people. My friend Arden Marine, who's another comedian, Mm -hmm. and I, we've been doing a show monthly in New York at Union Hall. It's so fun. It's so silly. We, um... (laughs) essentially the sentiment is that we don't really have that much confidence in ourselves so we're looking to people who have such a great amount of confidence that they lie about themselves which we want to become like Hilaria Baldwin for instance like George Santos for instance like occasionally Sharon Stone occasionally Quentin Tarantino (laughs) like we wish we could be more like these people so um it's a we sing a song about it we each do some stand-up and then um we have Meatball is our guest, along with Chris Fleming, Meatball the drag queen, who did the iconic George Santos, oh, yes. Katana Revanche, or whatever. We, I forget the name of right George. You know? We love Meatball. Yeah. We
0: love Meatball on this podcast. Love Meatball.
1: And, um, and then Chris Fleming's <laughs> going to do an original sorry, song. Kata- wait.
0: Kata- wait, George Santos's drag alter ego was named Katana Revanche? Was that it? I'm looking is that, at it. I, I, I think that was, it. was But I love that. It's, you, I love that your brain went to revenge. Revanche. Revanche. Like French... That a French yeah. pronunciation. No, I'm definitely presents... wrong. Kitana. I know, but I love it. Revenge is 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 a perfect drag name. It <laughs> <Kitana> is Katana Revange.
1: <laughs> Katara Revash. Oh,
0: okay. Oh, uh, there you yes. go. Yes. <laughs> yes.
1: All right. <laughs> I was. I couldn't have been closer. I love it. And it's yet. like French
2: revenge. And yet, yes. And yes. Not quite. Um, yet, by the way, th- it, that that sounds amazing, and everyone should check it out. I have also developed an obsession, generally on the darker end of things, with hubris. And yeah. I am like, I cannot stop reading about Elizabeth Holmes, Bernie Madoff. Oh, sure. These, people right there, you that go. Have this, these, this steely resolve to fake it till you make it. And sometimes, obviously, they they get in too deep. And I am fascinated with how folks can sustain a life like that sometimes over decades it's really yeah that
1: is like our entire mantra for the show fake it till you make it lie to get by like that's that's just the playbook of it and how to do it but i agree with you i i wish uh, two things obviously i'm glad that i don't have that kind of delusion but second of um, all i would like to think what i could invent if i did you know what i mean like i would i would really like to put myself in those shoes and also i wonder with these people Do you think they lose a sense of what's real and what isn't, or do you think the whole time they know what's going on? I think eventually, but I also think the anxiety eats at
3: them. Like the lie eats at them. You know what I mean? Like constantly covering, but it's all, it's subconscious though. Cause uh, after a while, I feel like it just becomes second nature that it's like, it starts manifesting in weird parts of your life. Yeah.
2: but, But before we go, I'll just say for two seconds, I've been watching a lot of clips of Elizabeth Holmes and there's this one clip. It's like, her speaking for an hour in front of this group of scientists, sort of yeah. after Theranos had been had been exposed, but but before it had fully collapsed. Sure. And there's the only time I've ever seen her lose her composure, and oh. it's for like a second and a half. But she's pressed on this one question, and she kind of hymns and haws, and then she's pressed one more time, and she just kind of loses it, and she looks over at the other people at uh, other people on the board uh, on stage with her to like pick pick up the pieces. And it's just mm. so amazing. I just wow. live in this moment because yeah, you're like- Because I, I you know, have to check yeah. that out
1: because I've never seen a dent in that armor before. That must've been yep. really Oh yeah, that's yeah. there.
3: There's, a, there's like an ABC thing where they, they show something like that too. But wait, right. but I want to ask you, Brian, because this is, oh. I, I just love this because I used to do this on planes all the time. Is there like a little lie that you would sometimes do? Like I would always tell people that I was like, I was on the Sopranos on planes and shit. Oh, really? um, i would i would yeah whenever whenever i got like upgraded to first class i would just say yeah i'm on i'm on the soprano i'm the son on the soprano and, and they would have in
1: the day when you couldn't prove it
3: I, yeah they couldn't prove it on because yeah. they was,
1: they're not getting on their phone on that back in
2: 2012 right. like, you know what i mean five
1: dollars an hour to exactly. get off yeah, that plane it. so i
2: would just lie
1: i mean yeah i would just. Say I used time. to, to anything lie. like that yeah i used to say i was a triplet <laughs> and it's not true <laughs> And I don't remember, I used to, one time said it, it was like this, I think it was like one of those, um, I got a speeding ticket and it was like in defensive driving or something. You know what I mean? And you had to take those classes (laughs) and they said like, what's something interesting about yourself? And I I didn't say it to be funny. I said it because I panicked. Like I didn't know. I couldn't think of anything. And so I was like, I'm a triplet. I have uh, two brothers. (laughs) Such a lie.
2: (laughs) Oh my God. I love it.
1: That was right.
3: so, Brian. Brian, this was thank you so, so much. much. Fun. we can't wait to all see all you again in four years.
1: Me too. Yeah, we'll do right. it every four years. Every <laughs> every year before an election, we'll meet up. Yeah. We'll figure it out,
2: and we'll we'll ha- we'll hash things out. Where Absolutely. can people find you on the internet? Where can they? Yeah, follow just you? um
1: at Brian Safi B R Y A N S A F I. It has all the things, and you can find more from there. Oh, awesome! Thanks so much, Brian.
0: And another thing. So, 2023 has clearly been the year of Taylor Swift. I hey, it? Yeah. yeah, I mean, she's always <laughs> been a big, obviously a big artist. I mean, she's been around for a while now, at least. I mean, at least a decade, more than a decade, and has clearly, you know, um, uh, enjoyed a lot of success. But something shifted in 2023, I think, where she went from being like a blockbuster pop star to this like global global dominating phenomenon yeah, phenome- mm-hmm. yeah ph- phenomenon who just I, I mean every move she makes it seems to have there's i forget which which um press outlet has now has hired their own Taylor Swift reporter oh but i think it was like the washington <laughs> post or something or but like yeah. a, a Totally that's, or legit or the, that's where my subscription
2: money is going to
0: <laughs> yeah the Taylor Swift beat but I mean it's huge I mean even like it's it's not it, you think about like the ticket ticket master and and all the like mm-hmm. ticket sales and the sort of the voicing that she's put behind that you know in terms of um t- people and customers waiting forever and ever and ever online to get tickets that are already exorbitantly expensive to a I think somebody in her somebody passed away who was a a fan. I think I don't know if they were at the concert but all these different narratives and of course now with Travis Kelsey mm-hmm. the her boyfriend from the Chiefs. I mean that is its own seismic story and and as somebody who is very much a middle of the road Taylor fan. I like Taylor just fine. Like yeah. I like her music just fine but I, I know plenty of people who are up obsessed and like they from from the friendship bracelets to the concerts to the um to following every move she makes and the and also queer friends who are who you know have this there's this huge underlying um a narrative about her being que- a queer woman and like preparing to come out i think we talked to jill Gutowitz about that at some point yeah um she is this globally dominating uh cultural phenomenon that mm-hmm. i think everything about her really shifted in 2023 and i mean how much do, do you understand it do you recognize it and do you think that it? To me, i would just say like for me i didn't see it coming i i you know i think by the end of this this year the idea of her being so ubiquitous in ev- in so many cultural conversations was not something i saw yeah. coming because i just don't I, her music's excellent but okay I, all right what about I mean, Alan? I mean, Alan, go ahead.
3: I mean, I wouldn't go as far as excellent. I, I mean that's oh, like, that's I mean, but true. I'm not. I like listen, her. listen, yeah, I like listen her. I'm not. I'm not saying I I, I know that much about music. That Alan said, is
2: anti music. He's anti music. That is true. I'm anti.
3: Well, I just don't have much of an opinion on music, so I really can't speak to the what her music's like. But um, I I will say that I think she's an example of. I think right now culturally we're in a place where our taste in a lot of things is very very bad and and that we have there's very little actually good culture happening right now and that you look at the you look at the box office you look at you know the films that are coming out you look at with the exception of maybe like Barbie even there's a there's like a there's a there's a basicness to a lot of the mainstream Things that are coming out that a aren't really. I mean, a lot. Of, she is definitely generating a lot of interest, but like you look at a lot of films that are bombing that people thought would go crazy, and th- there's just sort of like an apathy of just a lack of interesting culture and you know, we uh, 10 years ago or whatever you had like lady Gaga doing crazy things and you kept wondering what would she do next? And I never wonder what Taylor's going to do next because I know it's going to involve pumpkin spice latte. So I don't (laughs) give a fuck (laughs) what Taylor's going to do next because everyone's going to go crazy about a fucking friendship
2: bracelet. I'm a little surprised that Alan is going Uh, anti-Taylor. I'm not anti-Taylor.
3: I just think it's, it's an example of how little good culture we have right now.
2: So I think I hear what you're saying. I wonder if the phenomenon that you're describing is more of just how everything has become. Um, I think tastes have become more segmented. We're allowed to, especially when it comes to like television, uh, you know, movies to a certain degree, music. I think like it's easier to follow very specific things now. Um, and so the result is the things that do break through, are few and far between and they're huge and they're very generic and they're they're very generic. I think, um, Barbie's not generic. No, no, no. But, but, but the, the point being, um, I love Taylor Swift. I think she's fantastic. And I think she's sort of like a modern day Dolly Parton where she's kind of, she was, I don't know, you know, I never know exactly what to believe with these narratives when like pop stars push narratives that they are the singer songwriter, but like, you know she's pushed that pretty consistently from the very beginning it seems like she yeah, genuinely plays a bunch yeah. of instruments oh, and like yeah. oh yeah she's I, talented you know, she's I, super I think talented for a, for a pop star that's that's not super common i think she's i think she's a feminist without being a political about it um, which i think is the right the right like note to strike right now um, I just I think she's doing a lot of things right, and I'm excited watching her ascension because I think she's a positive force in the world. Unlike a few other pop star pop stars I can think of right now, she's definitely a positive. A, force. Nazi aligned pop stars I
0: could I really, <laughs> really can think of. Anyway, go ahead. No, she's definitely <laughs> a positive force. I think I'm just I, I'm I, I guess the fact that she is to a degree safe. Mm. Uh-huh. Whether you say basic, yeah. whether you say safe, like. With, you know, like the fact that she doesn't like, I don't know what, I don't know what like her, what it looks like for her to dance. I don't know what fashion is. I'm just, yeah. That that iconic status to me is like, I think that's where I'm just like, wait, that, it it just, it exceeded all, she exceeded expectations. And I have no problem with her. I think she's great. I just, am like, whoa, this, this became, she is like the most famous person in the world, I think.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, she might be. I mean, but Alan, I feel like there's lots of like, there's lots of, I mean, you are so clued, uh, plugged into, you know, pop culture, obviously professionally, yeah. but also personally. I feel like there's lots of pop stars you like, maybe not even singers per se, but like that are safe.
3: I mean, sure, there are singers that are safe, but there's also like, I'm thinking of someone like Billie Eilish doing the song from Barbie. That is, it's a, it's a, it's a song that is, um, slow and unique and different from anything you hear on the radio or wherever you're listening, streaming or whatever it is. And it's just different. It's just different in a lot of ways. And the presentation is different. And you didn't expect that from her and the visuals that she's offering you. Whereas with Taylor, the visuals, the music, the album, the concert, they're all just kind of like what I would expect from someone like her. And it lacks an excitement that someone, and I don't even like Billie Eilish that much, but that someone like Billie Eilish gave me with the Barbie soundtrack, or like what uh, there's a uh, Rosalia is someone I'm thinking of that is just exciting and like is doing something different that like I look well, forward to seeing what she does next. Whereas with Taylor, I'm like it's probably going to be a weird vintage filter on her album cover, and <laughs> it's going to be a huge seller, and I know what's coming. Mm. That's
0: that's what I mean. I I, th- I guess when I stack her when the way she dominated this past year, and I stacked that up against people who I think have that sort of global superpower status like Beyonce, or maybe even like Lizzo or or Billie Eilish, you know, or, you know, I'm sort of like, she's, she, I guess she just, it surprises me that without the sort of um, Beyonce has like, there's like eccentricity there. There's an unexpectedness, like a, in, like a fierceness that maybe there's just like a lack of camp to Taylor that I can't believe has Mm. Created this enormity of success. Well, Beyonce is the
3: Beyonce is the counterpoint to the year of yeah. Taylor in that like yeah. those those were the two major global tours of the year. And right. one thing I'll say for Beyonce, even though I'm not like an insanely massive Beyonce fan, is that if I had to look at the exciting things that came from Beyonce's Renaissance tour versus Taylor Swift's tour, nothing really struck me as new with Taylor. Whereas at least with Beyonce, it felt very new. And even though I did feel like in some situations, she was co-opting a queer narrative. But, like, there was sort of something fresh about it. There was something different about it. And with Taylor, uh, the only thing that was different was that there was this massive stadium and she wore a bunch of sequins. Like, that Like that was really it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so,
0: very so lucky, like, though, what, with... what did... Do... Oh, sorry, Elliot. No, I was just am I'm, I'm, I'm jealous, though, because Travis Kelsey is astonishing. <laughs> you think he's hot? Oh, my, oh my God. God. He's
2: the most Elliot's type of like, oh, Elliot is like a... such a consistent type. And like, I remember the first time, of course, I had never heard <laughs> of him until I found out he was dating uh Taylor Swift. And then I saw him. I was like, Oh, Elliot's gonna literally like fly to Kansas City to go to one of these games, <laughs> or wherever he he's is. So
0: he looks like a, a. you could draw him like a cartoon. Like he's a cartoon. He is yeah. big features you know big guy (laughs) big features big freckles big teeth he's beautiful he just looks like
3: someone that would leave the bathroom and and then describe to you what his shit looks like
0: (laughs) he does probably true (laughs) yeah (laughs) what would your aunt aunt say say? Brett? what would your aunt ramona say about something you heard on today's show
2: I decided to cancel my trip to Paris this summer. Instead, I'm going to visit Chino Valley.
0: (laughs) My Aunt Joanne would say, I'd love to know which grocery stores have kosher sections. (laughs) (laughs) What about Aunt Anne?
3: My Aunt Anne would say, I have something to tell y'all. I am actually a Swifty. I love a Swiffer. I love the Swiffer. <laughs> yeah. My floors. I do listening love to Swift. Swiffer, you know? by the way. How do I listen to the Swift?
2: <laughs> love Swiffer, but I but I only gonna... like the mop. I don't. I don't like the mop. Oh. I like the the the. I, I actually thing. don't.
3: I actually don't like a Swiffer so much. I no. I, I, I I I like a I like a Dyson. Very, I'm a Dyson. Very I've, rude. I've, I've, it's a little too expensive. I know, but I love my Dyson. Oh, Wait, Michael yeah. just showed me something, and I don't know what he's showing me, but he really wants it to be on air. <laughs> what is it?
2: Is it a Dyson? It's,
3: no, it says why she looked like the toddler who walked into the BBC Zoom call, and it's Taylor Swift. You, anyone watching at home? Oh, I know, I know that video. But it, it's it's her doing that. It's her doing this. Which oh she does. God. She does look like she does look like that. There we go. But anyway, yes, everyone. You saw that.
2: Thank you so much for listening. Good night and good luck. <laughs>